It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. Joe! Hello, John! Give me this so I can turn down the what heat. What are you pointing to? I know, you, John's <laughs> one of those people that randomly points, and I'm just supposed to know ah. this, but we are. We're a good quarterback receiver team. I did that. My I had two older daughters. My mom said I didn't have to talk till I was four because she goes, all I did is point at things. And, and knew. Sis, my sisters knew. We are good. So, at, I, I know your thoughts well. We've yeah. been together long enough that I can tell what over here was to my left. You had no idea. But you got it right. It's all good. Hey, great guest today. <laughs> good new year. Yeah. Uh, I got something to start, but it's up Go to ahead. you. Go ahead. Because we don't Let's show for What did you do? Uh, and if it was really boring, make it 30 seconds or less. Uh, were you flying New Year's Eve? You make five seconds. Uh, I got back New Year's Eve, so that was great. I don't, you know, New Year's doesn't matter to me. I plan to try to have Christmas off, and uh, you know, the days leading to Christmas, Christmas itself, and a couple days over to recover from everything I've eaten and drank. Uh, but New Year's <laughs> Eve is on the drink. drank a lot this year. You and I, uh, we, we don't have. Yeah. I don't do it intentionally. But uh, no, we we uh, my wife and I went to early food. We have a Mexican restaurant that's our favorite. We have pitcher margaritas. Went and sat in the hot tub, had a bottle of champagne, Look and at you after a, thirty years fell asleep. Mr. On the, romantic, yeah. Here comes the romance. Yeah, fell here. asleep on the couch, probably by nine forty-five, <laughs> ten o'clock. And so Happy I had to wake her up. Uh, oh, but okay. uh, you know, in my old days, Government Cheese, the band, our band, would play on New Year's Eve. That was a big money maker. That was uh, you had to take go out uh, and party. Dexatrim just to stay up. It was, well, it was easy. You know, I was in shape. I was younger. Uh, but now, you know, now can, I can't imagine being up to two a.m. Mm. And you sent me a picture in your tux and yeah. literally your beautiful formal black shebang. I do what this every deal. twenty years. I, I fell into. I'm, I'm something, and I'd be curious about our guests as well, because I you moved here in '78, I believe. Do I have That's that right? Correct. In yes. Hendersonville, and I moved here uh, quite '96. Uh, but I have there's things around Nashville. I have uh, we all have just not done, and one of them was I had never been in the Parthenon. Okay, at Centennial Park, and so. Uh, long story short, got invited to a to a, a black tie event there for about a hundred people inside, uh, and it was and uh, a dinner and disco and had Uber pick us up at twelve thirty and twelve thirty. Yeah, it was yeah. Well, we had to bring it in, yeah, uh-huh. you know. But it was you know, it was great. So I had never been inside. Had, had you ever been in there for, no. a, for a field trip or anything? I didn't like even that? know you could go inside it. Ours is a lot better shape than the one in Athens. Yeah. Just letting you know, we keep it up. We we really you know we. We, we take pride in our 100-year buildings or whatever it So is. the Parthenon's down there at Centennial Park, but wasn't that where one of the big band stages were? No, 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 no. That was Bicentennial. Oh. And so we had to buy. That's yeah, so we didn't our, get it, get in all that. farmer's market. Yeah, so. uh, yeah big crowds. I, we watched it on the TV, and, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people downtown because Nashville, John, is happening. It's crazy. Yep. It really was. And I, uh, we've got stories. I want to hear... Get to our guest. Can New we do Year's. that? Can we just freaking get to our guest? New Year's is going to be right big now. with our guest. This is going to be never going to be. Hey, we know people. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. It ends on B, Mike Boschers. And we're going to ask Mike about his New Year's Eve and his holidays because this man probably always worked on his holidays because... In uh, uniform. In uniform. Striped uniform. A striped uniform. Not a correctional facility, although some people probably would like to. No. 
but made millions of dollars uh, in front of millions of people. SEC ref, a Southeastern Conference football ref. And man, I'm excited about this because uh, there's just so many stories. And of course, you've probably worked every holiday. So, uh, Mike, want to welcome you. Mike Boster's on the second cup of Joe. And John. We well, guys, thank you very much yeah. for having me. Looking forward to uh, no. looking forward to the podcast. Uh, are you? Yes. <laughs> okay. so, I appreciate that. You grew up here. Yeah, uh, I was born and raised in Columbia. I uh, moved up here to Nashville in 1998 and been here ever since. Well, yeah, nice. middle middle Tennessee. Yeah. So, where was high school? Uh, actually, high school was down in Florida, okay. at, in Tampa, right outside of Tampa, Florida, at Armwood High School, which is a huge powerhouse football school now when i was there no it wasn't we were <laughs> no. we were horrible but now they seem to be winning state titles all the time and so. you you played i played in high school yes play now for well, god's I, sake jesus god look at it chiseled i'm gonna vote him on <laughs> the Titans, this a uh, hall of fame list with keith bullock <laughs> my wife doesn't yeah. care who, uh, who's ever here for this and she's like who's, who's, who's the guest What's today yeah who is he huh? <laughs> what did you what position were you i was a quarterback but wow. i was a backup i was not started we ran an option and my speed is like molasses coming out of a syrup bottle on a cold winter day. Hey, that's, that's about as how fast I am. I had five two speed as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not a lot of college coaches. No, there was, there was not that. That wasn't coming my way. That was for sure. So I was just a really good backup, and that was all. And, and which was fine with me. Where was where was college for you? It wasn't. I went in the Marines. Okay, so I did a, a four year tour in the Marines from eighty seven to ninety one, uh, and then got out and. Did a few different jobs down in Florida, moved back to Tennessee, and been working uh, for the state of Tennessee ever since for 25 years. That's great. What was your position in the Marines? What did you do? I was a team leader of uh-huh. a boat crew, and so we our primary thing was, you know, um, our access was boats and things of that nature, and then we went over to Iraq for a little while and um, hung out over there for a little while and then came back. How, wow. how did you escape Gulf War One? Because you said 91, and... Yeah, That's so I went, I went um, in the very beginning of it, um, back when Saddam was pushing the Kurdish people out of Iraq, and they were all going up north towards Turkey. We came in and provided some humanitarian relief for them and set up a parallel that he was couldn't cross. And so we worked with other, um, other um, agencies as far as like from Italy and Europe, England, some of those folks we worked with in setting up this parallel so he couldn't cross it and... I got over there for a while. I just met a guy who drew a line in the sand. That's, yes, literally, literally. That's fascinating. Yeah. So you, uh, when you came back from the Marines, what what kind of position are you are you doing for the state? So I'm the director of facilities for the Department of Safety and Homeland Security. So I have about sixty to seventy buildings I oversee as far as a, from a facility maintenance standpoint. Okay. So so all these are jobs with discipline and goals and. Yes. Accomplishing things. So you sat there and were watching TV or had a friend and said, man, officiating, you know, I'm the dude of the voice of reason and authority. <laughs> yes. And this is like how you joke. do it. Yes. And so uh, how did you get on the road of becoming a college or a football official? Well, believe it or not, um, I was in a meeting with another gentleman. He worked for the Department of Transportation at the time, and he had this... <laughs> like a Super Bowl-sized ring on his finger. And so I just naturally just gravitated towards him and said, hey, what, um, you know, who did you play for? And he goes, I didn't. He goes, I officiated the national championship game back then when it was called NCAA Division um, AA. So it was instead of FCS and FBS, it was the FCS. And um, so he had worked the Marshall game when Randy Moss was at Marshall. And so um, 
he was telling me about it, and then he just looked at me and says, have you ever thought about officiating? You look like you would be good at it. And I was like, well, I've never given it any thought, but sure. And by the time I said sure, he was already dialing the phone of a supervisor for the TWSAA to get me started into officiating. So that's how I got started, by just asking the guy, you know, where'd you get your ring from? And that's uh, TWSAA, that's a high school level. Yes, then. that's the high school level here in, in the state of Tennessee. And um, I was a part of that for 18, 19 years um, that I um, stayed apart, active in, in high school officiating. Um, and then I just started working. I was lucky enough and very fortunate enough to meet some really good mentors along the way that helped me move up through the ranks from working high school to working in AIA college like the University of Cumberland and um, some of those very small private schools and then got lucky enough to um, officiate in the OVC, which is the Ohio Valley Conference. I uh, officiated in there for five years and then um, spent one year in the Sun Belt Conference and then I spent five years full-time in the SEC and then another two years on their supplemental list. So I had seven full years of the SEC. That's incredible. That's tremendous. Whoa! Common sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. I had to segue to this because, and you did. Um, it's beautiful that you don't have a quoted alma mater. I mean, that probably works in your favor. Uh, one of the worst career decisions I ever made, and it lasted maybe a month, I was a intramural uh high or college intramural basketball official uh between the fraternities oh yeah joe did you ever do that when you were up at western i, I it was just to make i don't know three bucks a game it yeah. was the worst experience i was the antichrist and i went god i i felt like i knew the game pretty well i could be level-headed i and it was abuse and that was 1983 the scrutiny now that is even every angle versus when you started, you know, right. I just, what's the mental, like if you had to fill out a resume to be an official, what do you want somebody to put down to, to know they can handle that? I think it's the, um, you want to make sure that you can handle criticism and it, you don't let it affect the job that you're actually currently doing, which is working the ball game. So you can't just because a coach starts getting upset about a previous play, you cannot let that affect you because you've got the next play to officiate. So you, you're working. And, and sometimes we all forget, too, it's our hobby. It's their livelihood. That's how they're putting food on the table and paying for their kids and wives and all that good stuff. And and it's a hobby for us, but it's a full-time job, believe it or not, um, with all the stuff that we have to go through with it. But you want somebody that's got some um, some tough leather skin and that's got some mental toughness, um, that's got composure, and that knows how to carry themselves and knows how to um, to address people in the correct manner and not get their feelings hurt if somebody gets on them. You know, because we all get yelled at. You know, we're all married. We all get yelled at. Hey, now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Flag. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, um, with with the high school level, I, I, I uh, umpired a little bit. When I was, yeah. you know, high school, college, and boy, that sucked. People yelling at you. And so my sons uh, in the Williamson County Civitan system, they umpired a T-ball and coach pitched. And they paid them 20 bucks 
pretty much 20 bucks an hour, which in, the games were timed, <clears throat> which is ter- terrific for a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid. They'd bang out four or five games. They'd work their butts off. But, boy, they got a life lesson of adults yeah. screaming yeah. at them. So what were your experiences? Probably more so on the high school level of parents. Like the college level, yeah, parents, but it's just the idiots drinking beer and everybody else that has a UT or a Florida <laughs> or a Bama hat on. What That high school level, you had to learn a lot. Well, you learn how to start dealing with unruly people. And you learn um, – you know, you learn your, your winning words. We always like to say in officiating, you need to have your own winning words and how you address people that are irate and you not be irate and you remain calm in a hostile situation. And some of the worst things <laughs> that I've ever heard. I hope one of them's not, this whatever. Is, yeah. <laughs> that would well, suck it, buddy. <laughs> well, sometimes whatever is is a winning word. You just, you just got to know when to choose oh, to use it. That's interesting. Um, winning words. So what yeah, were your so winning words? Yeah, go ahead. What would be an example? Um, coach, I understand um, the way you saw it. This is the way I saw it. Um, and if you go back and you look at it, and um, and I kicked it, I, I'll apologize up front right now. We're not going to get them all right. Like, you're not going to call all the plays right. And sometimes they would go, okay. And then sometimes they're like, you don't tell me how to call a play. I'm like, I just said you're not going to get every play right. And we're not either, so – well, I asked my sons, I told them, and you've met Joey and Justin yes. at the tailgate, and uh, Mike and I are part of the same tailgate at the Titans. That's how we initially ran into each other. And um, what about replay? You have to, I guess, loved replay because you do get a second chance and go, ah, I missed it, so what? But in the old days, wow, I can imagine how many missed calls there were. Yeah, replay has been a very huge benefit to the game. Um, and it's helped tremendously with um, getting some scoring plays right and, and some other, you know, I don't want to get too technical, but to getting some other stuff right, which has helped us out on the field, which has made the game a whole lot more enjoyable. Um, but we still feel the pressure because on the field, we want to get it right the first time. We don't want to have somebody to come in and correct us. We want to be the ones that have that deciding factor. And, and every good official – always wants to have that winning call. They want to be the one that makes that game-winning touchdown call or pass interference call or fumble or incomplete or whatever. We all want that. And so that's kind of the way we are as officials. One of the times, one of the great benefits of being a local TV sportscaster is you get to meet a lot of cool people. And I got to meet Art Demas, Mm -hmm. uh, RIP, 25-year NFL official uh, four Super Bowls, I believe. I'm yes. sure you shake your hand. Just a prince uh, of a man uh, class. But he also, the one thing he he say, said to me, he said, John, you know, like, we talk about a makeup call. He says, we, there is no, we want to get, if we do a makeup call, that means we, we're getting two calls incorrect. Right. So this thought process of, well, that was a makeup call. Yeah. No, because your grade is going to be, well, you got that first one not right. Yeah. And, you got the site. So yeah. I thought that was that kind of kind of shut down that th- thought it's, process. Fair? It's, uh, it's really hard because you figure in the in the college game, nowadays in the college game, you average about 200 to 210 plays a game usually. These teams go faster and faster. You get about 200, 210 plays a game. And we're wanting to get every single one of those plays right. And when we don't get one right, I mean, it reflects on us and when we get evaluated. And so that's, you know, and we miss one play out of 210. I mean, our averages are high, but it's still not good enough 
for the standards that we have all set and then for what the standards that the public has set for us because they expect us to be right every single time. And that's just, that's unattainable. What was your position as a ref? Uh, did you, and did you change? No, I was, um, when I worked in high school, I was a back judge. And then when Which I just where is in the deep, um, defensive side, I was the deepest player on the defensive side of the ball. The defense well, excuse me, the, the deepest official on the defensive side of the ball. Got it. When I got into college, we went to seven man, which is in high school, you have five man, five man officiating crews. And now they do seven man nowadays in high school. And in college, they're um, seven man. When I started, now we're eight. So I was always a side judge or a field judge. So I was a deep wing on, um, on, you know, on the sideline. So my main thing was pass interference and things of that nature. Okay. And, and to be clear, uh, and this is me just being uh, know-it-all right now, I think, and then he's going to shut me down. Because <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about this for 20 years. I've been wrong. Uh, we, we talk about generically a referee. There's one referee. Yes. And everybody else is an official. Correct. So I just, just you keep calling him a ref. And I'm like, yeah. well, I, don't, I don't think he's. Generically, and yes. who's again, the I'm not. I'm the, not guy, the guy in the white hat is the, the guy in the white hat is a yeah. white hat. Sorry, Joe, I didn't He's mean to. Like, you know, so, it's big time. It's yeah. a great right. point. In, in college, you have eight officials. One is the referee. He's the white hat. He's your he's your crew chief. He's in charge. Then the guy that's beside him in the backfield is a center judge. Then you've got the guy that's right on the um, behind the defensive line. He's the umpire. Then you got the guys on each side of the line of scrimmage. One's a head linesman, one's a linesman. And then you've got a field judge, side judge, and a back judge. Did you ever one day walk into the pregame meeting and say, listen, bro, I want to wear the headset today. I want to do the talking. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. He's <laughs> No, that was 10 not. 10 yards. The, he's giving him the business. Yes. First down. It's a good old Jerry Mark right, <laughs> right? I, right I, there. I'll look that up on YouTube. Google that. YouTube Just that. To laugh. Yeah. Yes. The youngsters. Guy, uh, so uh, yes. what uh, maybe a, a scenario is a, a, a flag goes and you guys come and meet together and talk. Yes. So uh, the ref has final say. You're saying what you saw or do you just say here's what happened and he immediately makes the call no it's your call if it's your flag it's your flag okay your your flag your call right now you do like if another official has a different perspective he can come and take you off of that and then he's like it's on me then but usually it's the if the official throws a flag it's that official he reports the foul to the referee the referee turns around makes his declination makes his announcement and then we move on Okay, I, I've got to, we're going to move on because I I, I, I could I here. could geek out I could geek out oh, I, on I, all these and we're going to get to the like get, the, we're going to get right to the direct stuff. Yeah, here yeah, this quick. is gonna rapid, 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 rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid, rapid fire. Mike, these are not rapid fire. They're whatever the heck you want to come up with, but we had to call the segment something. <laughs> so right. So we overpromise under deliver. <laughs> Do you ever practice throwing a flag? No. Let's no. get that out of pocket. In the mirror. Of course. Come you. on, you look in the mirror. No. Do you, no, do no, you throw it pr- overhand? Do you throw it side? What it, if you would throw it underhand, you'd get fired, I guess. Oh, that's a mic throw, uh, right? Yeah. Sometimes you you'd be surprised how the flag comes out of your pocket sometimes <laughs> because um when you start doing it long enough, it just becomes second nature because you, everybody has their own way of how they put their uniform on and where they put stuff, you know, with their uniform besides a flag, a beanbag, and all the other stuff that we have. 
And so you just get to use it and then it becomes second nature of when you grab the flag, you, you throw it. And, and so some people have got the, they'll flick their wrist when they throw it. And yeah. some people will, will leave their wrist hanging up like it's a basketball shot <laughs> and kind of pose it up a little bit. So and what was yours? To, what was your technique? I mean, they used to tell me I would pose every now and then, but I, you know, <laughs> we all tried to put a little flair to it. Uh-huh. Um, you never so, went Kent to Colby like a submarine. No, throw? Yeah. No, Dan Quisenberry. Something yeah. like that. No, we never did that. Um, I did see one official, though. We, we were working a game together, and uh, he was backpedaling and ran into a coach. And he was as he was falling down on his back, he grabs his flag and he throws his flag as he's falling down to because because he actually threw it before he hit the ground, which was pretty impressive and was spot on. So he's incomplete. He, he, his incomplete. knee was not down. Yeah. he was not down on contact. He well, was he was yeah because he had hit the <laughs> hit the coach and so he was flagging the coach for hitting him, and so he was flagging he flagged it before he even fell down. That was pretty impressive. That's and what fun. is what's a flag made of? Is it is it's, it's not on. It's and, and it's is got it weighted some, a Yeah, little? it's got some ball weight, like shot. Like Can you so buy it at Dick's, or do you have to go online? To no, you go online to order it. You oh, do? Okay. okay. Yeah. And if you, you've hit a player, I mean, could it hurt? You ding somebody in the eye, it could yes. hurt. Yeah. yeah. That, that's um, happened, hasn't it? Yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, there was an NFL referee mm-hmm. um, that threw a flag at a Cleveland Brown player, and it went actually through his face mask mm-hmm. and um, cut the guy's eye. I remember it, it that. hurt his retina. I mean, yes. it was a serious yeah. deal. I, yeah, the guy felt awful about it. Yeah. it was... Yeah. I would have thrown it under him. Flag. <laughs> like like cornhole? Yeah, yeah, like cornhole. You're, the, you're that, that guy. There's that guy. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you would have lasted. That would, I wouldn't have lasted. No, because you got to have some type of a moxie about yourself. Oh, a moxie. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have, have a, to be sensitive and accept everyone's uh, peculiarities nowadays, Mike. I, 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 I get think, that. I don't think with, with Mike. Uh, another rapid-fire question. What? Yes. Um, give us uh, you know, one of your go-to. You're speaking at a banquet. Either you know, run in with a, a coach or a player or something that that just would you that people would be like, wow, that's that's pretty funny or something outrageous. You got um, plenty, I know. Well, I, I was I was working at one of my first. This is my second year in in the league, and I was working um, SEC. I, yes, okay. Second year I working. Drop, in I want to be league. a name dropper. <laughs> SEC. And so I was I was I was working a um a pretty big Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day game. CBS game, so you can start imagining what game that was in the Southeastern Conference on Thanksgiving weekend down in the South. And um, first, Georgia, no, no, yeah. And so, and it was pretty. It was it was a you know. And so it was, it was my first first one to work, and I was like, you know, okay, this is gonna be fun. I cannot believe I'm getting to do this. Hundred and ten thousand people in there, you know, yelling, screaming, and uh, and. The coach comes up behind me and just, you know, pops in on the butt and says, have a good game today. And I'm like, oh, Nashville. Yeah. Wait a minute. And it was not. (laughs) Personal space. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, and I turn around and say, good luck today, coach. You too. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, that that was one thing that I was, especially from that coach, I would have never expected it. And Um, yeah, I was, oh, really? Okay. So I'm starting to go through, I'm going, well, Saban probably didn't do that. Uh And and it could have been an Ogeron, could have been a. Uh, uh, Coach Ogeron was uh, was just a hoot to be on the sidelines with. He was if a you could understand him. Yeah, I can't uh, he was, he but did he work you pretty good or did he try no, to? He was he was very nice. He that was my last game was his last game. Oh. Ah, and so um, he didn't know it. No, you knew it. <laughs> yeah. 
well, I think he kind of knew it too. But um, it was um, it was a, that was a special night in Baton Rouge with because um, they had so many former players come out. Um, I actually got to meet Shaquille O'Neal on the sidelines um, before the game. Super nice guy, super super nice guy. Um, but uh, Coach O was he's just a stand up stand up guy, very guys, nice guy. Somebody do an impression of him. Because you can't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. So you can't understand him. I wish we could edit some stuff out, and we that's that's we we don't do that, Mike. Here we're, that's, we require post production. So, so another question: How do you yes. watch a game now? Do you just sit there and are you judging it the whole time, or you just are over it and you don't care? No, I mean I, I look at the you know. As an official, you're always going to look at the officials and how they work. And even when I was doing it and when we would watch games, it was – you're always trying to figure out, you know, how can I better my craft? Well, you know, what can I pick up from other people? And so – and I still – you know, when I watch games today, I still look at, like, how do these – how are these guys working and what are – you know, what I, what do I think they're doing well and what do I think they're not doing well? And so it's – I watch it from a, a different set of lenses than a lot of people. So I'm watching more of the officials than I am actually the game, I should say. And you probably said, oh, my God, there's a girl on the field. Yeah, yeah. There, there's several now. <laughs> yes, Joe, I'm sure he yes. said that. Yeah. And, and Born there's several. So we've had a lot of women on this show that are CEOs and pros. And part right. of the conversation always is dudes are dorks. Men are ridiculous. And you've had to deal with the men's splaining of things. So, right. you know, these ladies are walking into the ref job right. in the worst environment of the uh, world, so how do the, how do the uh, how do the women handle it, or how do the coaches handle all that change? And uh, they they look like they do a great job. They probably know more than their counterparts. Um, you know, I I got to work with um, one female official, um, and she did a great job. Um, we worked um, we worked a, a game um, in the Southeastern Conference, and she did a great job. And I think she has now moved on to I think the replay. The NFL, um, but you know, kudos to the women that are in there. Kudos to the ladies that are um, that are in the NFL. You know, way to go, way to break that glass ceiling and and show that what women can do. You know, and there are some up and coming women that are in um, college football now that'll you know, hopefully get their opportunity as well because um, they're showing you now it's not just an all boys club. No, my my final question: Have you ever gone to a Halloween party dressed as an official? <laughs> No, my wife has wanted me to, and I refuse to do it. That's good. <laughs> I was just, just wondering if you'd play uh, that, but okay. Yes. All right. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, what's, I don't know, how do we, how do we dance around this? Uh, final play, that ball comes right to you, because I yeah. see in the YouTube video. Yeah. Flag. Yeah. Other team runs on the field, kicks a field goal. Yeah. And I think the number one team in the nation went down. Yeah. So is uh, this a true story? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so uh, my show prep once again did not show. <laughs> I had a little history here. So um, yeah, he had a little back in. Did he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yes. Um. So yes. you know, it gets relived, or yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's got to be a great experience to be on the field in front of a hundred thousand people and the energy and living it. And of course you want to do a great job, but yeah. um, uh, what is it when you have a tough day on the field? How do you, you said, uh, w talk about your day. Like when the game ends, you guys aren't running to your car and just get no just so, smoking a cig and driving away from the parking lot. So to give you kind of a, of what an official goes through in the Southeastern conference, 
So we'll get there to whatever game site that we're, um, wherever the game is, wherever we're assigned, whether it's, you know, Tuscaloosa or Knoxville or, you know, Starkville, Mississippi. We get there on Fridays. Um, we usually try to all get in, get there around five, between five and six. And we get together um, and either we'll go to dinner first and then come back and meet or we'll meet for a little bit, then go to dinner or we'll just order dinner in. It just kind of depends on what time our kick is on Saturday. And so we'll meet for, you know, an hour, two hours and kind of go over our previous game a little bit and, and do some talking about what we've seen and and what we've kind of talked about with our other little groups that we have um, throughout the week. And then um, Saturday morning we get up and we meet for a couple hours and go over mechanics and just some tendencies of what both teams are doing and, you know, just kind of try to come together and put our work work life away and get ready to work a ball game. And then we get to the stadium um, usually two, two and a half hours before kickoff. Um, and we've got, you know, we've got some meetings that have to, has to take place at the stadium with the production company, you know, production crew and all that stuff and game day administrators. And then somebody comes out. We have at least one to two officials on the field 90 minutes before kickoff. And then we kind of rotate through that. We work the ball game. We have um, an evaluator there that's with us, plus our replay people. Um, as soon as the game's over, we run off the field and we run straight to vans that are parked in the, in the tunnel. We hop on the vans and we're, you know, police escorted out back to our hotel. Um, and then we go upstairs, you know, then we go to our rooms, we shower, we come back down to the meeting room. Then by that time, our evaluator's back. And so we go back through the whole entire game again with our evaluator. And so we have, um, Reports that we have to submit, foul reports that we have to submit individually about the flags that we did throw and plus the flags and plus the stuff that we passed on. Like 10 minutes and 30 seconds in the second quarter, I passed on a possible pass interference, defensive pass interference because of this blah, blah, blah reason. You know, so you have to log all that in, send that, and then the evaluator will go back through the game with all the fouls that were called and, you know, critique you on all that stuff. Then you get up uh, Sunday morning, get back home, and then uh, Monday you usually talk to you start talking to your referee and your crew about you know your game film because you've already gone back yourself on Sunday and rewatched the whole game and made your own notes. Then you kind of start talking. Then you have groups of of people you talk to during the week. Um, I always we always had a a Tuesday night um, meeting with a bunch of deep deep officials and we'd get on there for about an hour and review plays together and um and talk about that and then um Wednesday your grades would come out and so you would go through and see what your grade was and then um then you would start it back all over again on Friday damn <laughs> who wants so, this that sounds really sexy that I sounds like yeah, people to, are lining up for that how many yeah. ulcers do you have my god people then, don't understand the level of intensity and and repetition, it is. It's and like you know, these guys get off. Like you know, you work a you know, you work you know a holiday bowl or whatever. So then you're done January, February, February. You get your call with your coordinator to get your year evaluation. You start thinking about you know what can you do to improve from last year, this that and the other. Then come March, well it's spring football time, yeah. and it's back to spring football. March, April, spring football. Then May, it started, it's study groups because now you got to start getting ready for the next season and the new test and rule changes and 
all this. Stuff. So it's a it's a 11, 12 month year hobby. Rinse and repeat. Joe and John have come to the fork in the road. So many things we haven't covered, but um, if you weren't doing this. And and it was not it was a full time. I mean, you have employment as well, yes. right? Yes. So you were earning a living, and then you were doing this, which didn't give you a lot of days off. Certainly no. in the in the fall. No. Uh, if you weren't this, what would be? What would you have? What What is your fork in the road? It could have been getting out and retiring. At a, and by the way, you could still do it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I could still go and um, I get asked all the time to go back and do high school football, and I just. I don't know. I'm in a, a fork in the road on that one right now. Um, but I, it just felt that it was time for me after 23 years of total officiating. It was just time for me to, you know, know what it's like to be home in the fall instead of traveling, you know, 10 to 12 weekends yeah. a year from September till, you know, December, always gone. And it's it, that gets – and then plus you don't get much sleep because, um, you know, you walk off the field of a 7 o'clock kick – you walk off the field, it's 10, 1030, you're back at the hotel, you know, you get showered, you're back downstairs meeting, and it's 11, 1130, and you come out of postgame, it could be midnight, or it could be 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, depending on how the game was and what all happened. Um, and then you're, like, back up again at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning because you either got to catch an early flight or you got to drive home. And, like, if you had a game at Texas A&M, you're usually flying out of either Houston or, you know, San Antonio. Well, that's a two-hour drive back to the airport. So you're leaving, you know, College Station at 4 o'clock in the morning to catch your 7 a.m. flight because you got to turn the rental car back in. And so it's not a glamorous life like a lot of people think. Um, Does the SEC pay for, like, your travel, rental car, hotel? So you get a flat game fee, and everything comes out of <laughs> – that and mm-hmm. so it's on you to um spirit they, spirit airlines they, yeah <laughs> allegiant they they take care of booking the hotel room but we pay for it um, okay and so then we book our own travel so we've had uh, Dawn Davenport on here, who you've probably seen on the sidelines. Yes. And she talked about that. She has a new baby, and uh, that's her life too. Once preseason yeah. and fall kicks off, she goes, "I'm done." Until you know January. Yes. And so uh, she described it. It's it's a tough lifestyle for yeah. family and just your mental state. Uh, Mike, you're still in great shape. Yeah. What did you do during the season to stay in shape, or did you have a routine? You like do you do practice sprints? Are you uh, just a runner? You know what keeps you in the best shape? We all have our own routines that we stay in, and we're all like you know work out, um, get on the treadmills, you know all that all that good stuff. Um, so. Everybody kind of just develops their own little thing that what works for them. Um, some some people do a lot of CrossFit stuff. You know, me, I'm more of a gym person, so I was in the gym, and I'd get on the treadmill and Peloton bike, things like that. Um, and then we would always, and there were a couple of guys on my crew that I was on, we would always, um, we'd work out together on Saturday, Saturday mornings. If we had a late kick on Sunday, we sure. would, we'd like meet and kind of, work out together at the hotels. So. I got one more question. So yeah. you always need a, they should have a fat guy out there official. You know, he just can't make it. His shirts. Like Chris Farley kind of guy, right? Chris Farley guy. Just to, yeah. Just he's, yeah. A eating something on the side in the place. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette. Maybe one of those guys would be great. Doesn't have to really have authority, but it, he'd just be like the, you know, like the XFL. Yeah. XFL I, and I just the SEC. don't think the work. coaches would really yeah. like that. Yeah. What's, um, do you have a favorite home environment 
You know, SEC um, is so. It, first off, I think I've always been a fan of it. I it didn't really is not proving out this year in the playoffs, but the uh, Southeastern Conference is just the strongest in the in the yeah. country. We got Notre Dame fan right here to my right, <laughs> but uh, it's the, the 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 settings and the stadiums are electric. Do you have a favorite environment? Yeah, um, there. I mean, there there's several there unique um, ones. So I was very fortunate to work. Um, in, at Kyle Field, Texas A&M, mm-hmm. when they when they remodeled it and first opened it back up, and that was in 2015, and I worked uh, Texas A&M in Ball State, and there was a hundred and over a hundred and two hundred three thousand in there, and that was my very first SEC game, and I was just oh blown away yeah. by it. In Kyle Field, it was just it's it's if you ever get a chance to go, it, it's something to see. It it really and truly is, and of course, you know Alabama was always electric. Um, the swamp is just historic, and then still, there's nothing like a Saturday night down in Baton Rouge. I mean, okay, that's <laughs> that that's electric, right? What there. about Neyland and the tea? Neyland is Neyland will take your breath away your first time when you work there. You, yeah. It'll take your breath away when you walk in. So it's you, it's loud. You yes. can test like so when the the fans are screaming, the, the the they literally can't hear the quarterback or probably you or the whistle. Yeah, and so we're fortunate enough where we have headsets so we can communicate with one another on the field where the sound is not it, – it, it's it, it's weird because the more you work in those settings, the less sound becomes a factor to you because you just learn how to tune it out. And it's so – Like you, a musician, right? Yeah, yeah people like, screaming at you yeah, and like you – Like marriage. Right. Yes. <laughs> Very much like or, marriage. Or, 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 yes. or, or. Or that. <laughs> Did you ever get to call a Notre Dame game? No. Oh, I, I wanted not, to hear some no, stories from no, that. No, I was no. not um I was not fortunate. You were saved. Yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I wanted no, to. Notre Dame opens up at Kyle Field yes. with, with the new coach. And uh that's a spicy opener, by the way. Next year? Uh next year. And okay. also Ball State, Blaine Bishop uh graduated from Ball State. Eighth round pick of the NFL. There's no eighth that. round anymore. But when what? I hear Ball State, I yeah. I, th- I think I think of that. Um I'm gonna geek out on this and, yeah. and we'll we'll move on because I yeah. this is so in the weeds. Um like teamwork, mm-hmm. uh did you work with the same crew or during the playoffs or the bowl games did you get the best of? Because sometimes getting the all star officials together, maybe they don't work as well as a team. What what was your so, during the season, you work with the same the you same do. set of guys, okay. unless unless one of them has to get out because of if you play. Yeah, well, no. if you, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> if you played at a school, I mean, well, if you went to a school, you couldn't officiate that school you went to. Okay. Um, if you had kids that go to that school, you do not officiate that school while your kids are there. Uh-huh. And then if you played, and then there's a coach on that staff that and he was from the school you played at, then you would scratch that school as well. Nice. So is there a particular coaching personality that you either loved or have a problem with that you just knew going in, this guy's going to be Nobody a, listens a to this podcast, Mike. You're <laughs> yeah. not going to know. Don't worry. This won't get out. It won't get elevated <laughs> that quickly. <laughs> no, I mean, everybody has their own approach to the game, and everybody, they're all high-strung Are individuals. these winning words? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so you kind of you kind of you kind of get to know um, how to handle different how to handle these different types because we're all type A personality individuals, and so that's like putting a a thousand bulls in a Tiffany store and sure. just letting us run wild. You know, so you have to learn how to manage. It. So some are a whole lot easier to manage than others. Some you just can't. You just can't. You just have to let them say what they're going to say, and then you move on. 
and then come back to them a few plays later because they've already forgot about what they were yelling at you about. Um, other ones, do, other ones are just they don't say a word unless they see their team letting up, and then they start getting on you because they want their team to know it's not you can't let up. You got to keep fighting. So, and those are the good coaches. So would they ever, like, because you see this on sometimes in major league baseball, they'll be like, Hey, look, dude, you got to kick me out of this. What, yeah. no, what, no, just work with me. Oh, yeah. Do you have ever oh, coaches yeah. that say, look, I, it's going to look like I'm riding, oh, your, yeah. riding your butt, but I'm actually doing this because my team is dead and I've got, they've got to, I mean, have you ever in, you know, they kind of wink at you and then they light you up and you're like, sometimes they'll come and let bit. you know, like, listen, you know, you know yeah. what? I, I, I've got to fight for my team here. I'm, I'm, I'm just fighting for my team. You kind of like, all right, I get it, coach. I get, it. but uh, you know, and then they'll laugh about it. You know, and there's there, there's some that were, um, you know, that were that were really good about it, and they would come up and just like, all right, I'm, I'm fixing to get on to you a little bit, but I'm just doing it because, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm getting looked at. Yeah. And so you're like, right. all right, I yeah. get it, coach. Go right, right. ahead. You know, it, it's all good. One of so. my favorite timeouts. I forget. It's in the pros, and uh, the quarterback's standing there, and the coach is going, all right, everybody, just act like they we know what we're doing over here. <laughs> And, you know, he's looking around. The ref's like, come on, coach, get back on the field. Okay, here we go. That's funny. All right, we move on. Uh You got to wear shades. So, Mike, um, how do you reach out now? You know, you just have mentor written all over you. Yeah. Uh, You're still a young guy, uh, served in the Marines. You've got a very important job for the state. You were took all kinds of incredible pressure uh, as a, a Southeastern Conference official. Where do you find yourself now? Uh, do you want to teach? You know, you've kind of, I guess, I, you, you commented on your high school thing. Yeah. I don't really want to get back. You know, you you did your tour of duty and you fought hard and then it spit you out. And so there's probably kind of a relief to you where you can just enjoy life. Uh, where do you see your vision now? Just – the exact same thing. He enjoyed my life and just and being happy that I don't have that pressure on me yeah. uh, week in and week out in the fall anymore because every year it, it just gets ramped up even more. When you think they can't take it any higher, it it gets it gets even more because more and more is expected of you every single year. And you know, you go through the year and say so you work ten games at two hundred plays. That's two thousand football plays that you see in ten games. And you say you throw twenty five flags. You want all twenty five of those to be correct, but the probability is they're not all going to be correct. So you're going to have some misses, some not qualities that are going to be thrown in there, and then you're going to have some calls that you should have called that you didn't call. And so then that twenty five gets brought down. So your averages start going. You're like, man, how do I get this my ratios better? So you start looking at more film and start going to camps because we got there's a lot of camps for officials to go to and so I was lucky enough to be you know a clinician in, in uh, several camps and so um, that's when you start kind of giving back to the guys that are trying to move up and try to help them with their mechanics and how they're looking at the field and stuff like that so I've I've done that and that, that was a lot of fun and I was very appreciative for those opportunities that came my way to do that but um, I think I'm just I'm ready to hang the whistle up. Oh, you are it's, okay. It's pretty much done. So there's yeah. no NFL future for you. Oh Lord, no, <laughs> no, no. You no, know, and, and kudos to those guys. Kudos to all uh-huh. those guys. And those guys too. Do they work or do the NFL? Does the NFL so, pay them so well they don't? No, have to? but the NFL does pay them very well. Okay, um, but they all have full time jobs, um, and they're the stress on them is is even more than what it is on us. But. You know, kudos to those guys and what they do and the amount of calls that they get correct 
all the time is is unbelievable. And yeah. So there, there, there's some really good guys. I've got quite a few uh, friends of mine that are NFL officials. So they're you know kudos to those guys. I, I think the height, weight, speed of these athletes today uh, are even better than 10, 15 years ago. And it so is. to get these calls right. Adding the instant replay, I think, is is uh, we saw games uh, not too long ago where uh, a call is over. And you're like, okay, I'm glad they got that right. Uh, the thing that blows my mind, you talk about scrutiny, is these now these metrics of these websites that will have, well, this crew throws X amount of flags, or this specific official is good for 7.8. And now, now you're being judged... Because maybe those other teams that are playing, maybe they are coached much better and shouldn't have as many penalties. But but he's good for eight. I the scrutiny of the and the social it's it's just got to be you got to just tune it out. It's believe it or not, um, the coaches, the teams know. Yeah, they, they know. They, they know what officials are, what crew is working their game, and they have assistants on there that go through and they can tell that they can tell you well this one throws a lot of pass interference calls this one doesn't this one does this this one does this this linesman is going to throw a bunch of holding calls we need to be prepared for that or they this is the way this crew calls it they call it tight or whatever yeah. so even in the NFL the NFL they those coaches know when they get a crew what what to expect so they all have you know, they have a grad assistant that scouts us, basically. Jeez, I'm just so yeah. geeked out about this. I it's love amazing. this. Well, this I feel intel. a big exhale about you <laughs> in life. So do I. That you uh, you did your tour, and yes. you're alive, and yes. uh, you're still married, yes. and uh, you're not going to shoot your wife, and... <laughs> you didn't take too many headshots. Do <laughs> no. uh, you, you ever get hurt? Uh, pop... My calf muscle in in a game one time, and that was the only time I ever got. And it was in the first quarter of a game, and I had yeah. to come out. Um, but that was the only injury I ever you know sustained. I mean, I was in a game um, that, where an official got his leg broken to. Oh, um, he got hit on the sidelines. Sure, and it snapped his leg. Um, uh, coldest wanna, coldest game. Coldest game Not too was bad. probably when I was in the Ohio Valley Conference at Eastern Illinois, and it um, it was a area. very very cold wintry day, and it snowed and sleeted rain on us the whole entire game. Oh. Yeah, probably in the probably in the teens that day. Yeah, so can you take a, a snow plow out or a broom out and clean <laughs> yeah. a spot so yes. you can kick a? Is that no. a that's not allowed? I mean. It, if they do it, you're, I mean, we don't have a say-so in that because that's all game management. So we don't have a say-so in that. So that's – we stay out of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't Let's wrap up with this because – okay, i got like 10 I know. I'm just like, we're just like two <laughs> freaking 10-year-olds. But what about this? I know. Wait, tell us about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the, always the, entertained by the people on the sideline who are amazed that a 280-pound – person in pads is coming barreling at them and they're all like oh no and yeah. then they get knocked into next week yeah uh you had to see a lot of sideline injuries of just uh personnel and fans and reporters and such that get run into yeah that was one of the issues that we had to deal with was because there are certain lines on the field um that are dotted lines that that's where the media is supposed to be behind and they would have get back people yes right yeah and even the coaches i mean there was there's a a lot of the coaches um, don't because the white area on the sideline is supposed to be for the officials to work. And in college, you get coaches that like to stand in the white, and you're all the time telling them, move back, move back. And you got some hyper coaches um, that love just to get right in the white. And so then they've got a guy that's assigned to them that does nothing but yank them by the belt loop and keep yanking them back all day long. And yeah. 
the media people, you just they get upset with us because when we tell them to move back, but they're there, you know, they're trying to get the right shot and the right look. And so, yeah, it's a it's a give and take kind of thing. You media people, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> the stories I've yeah, I've been I got kicked out of Memorial Stadium, the old Memorial Stadium. Ah, oh. I uh, got a little lippy. And you're not going to win that battle. No. Uh, I was right to this day about where I was standing. Yeah, but, but you were booted. But, uh, I was booted. <laughs> I and, was right, uh, but I was kicked out. Yeah. And also, uh, I will end with this. My father uh, was kicked off the field by an official during a grade school game of mine. My my father, who is supportive, you know, it's not win or lose. You're he was a car dealer. I was playing quarterback. Yeah. And he got an, my father, who is on the board of trustees at the school, was kicked off the field. So you were a high school quarterback. Did you say I was. jerk? Were you a jerk? Uh, you, you no, when you throw things? more interceptions and touchdowns, you don't you don't get uh, you, a don't lot have, of, you don't get a say. Of, uh, <laughs> hey, um, give him your your blessing. Hey, how we end? This, well, you know. I just, um, I, Mike, I'm so impressed with your story. I just love it. Uh, you know, my job's a high pressure job. John's has been a high pressure job, and yours is an excessively high pressure job. So, it's kind of good to talk and vent and feel a downside to it one day. Yes. When you can sit there with a smile on your face. Yes. Like uh, you are. So we always uh, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you because you've got a lot of leadership in your days ahead uh, to help younger guys coming up and deal with the the things they got going on. Yeah, this next chapter, we're not done with this, no. this cat. He's got too much fuel. Uh, yeah. I would love a return. Can we have a return visit oh, from you? Yes, most definitely. Because I'll have to, more guys. important uh, questions like, uh, do you fold the flag before you put it in your pocket? Oh, stop it. <laughs> We're going to end this right now. Shirts. We're ending this right now. Yeah. It's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, second cup of Joe and John at gmail.com. Now, Hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John.